0: welcome to color me conscious we have more in common than difference our intention is to explore the intersectionality that unites us and build consciousness about the layers of oppression we all carry color me conscious where consciousness is at the forefront of
1: the discussion about race hello and welcome listeners today we plan to discuss the documentary the rachel divide currently on netflix Topics today include transracialism, is it a thing, why do some people find it offensive, white supremacy culture, white privilege and fragility, as well as trauma. For those of you who don't know, The Rachel Divide is a documentary that came out earlier this year, and it follows Rachel Dolazel, a woman who in June 2015 was outed for impersonating a black woman. At the time, she was actually the head of the Spokane, Washington's NAACP chapter, Race was already a very hot topic that summer, particularly because of all the Black men and women that died in police custody or while being arrested in that same summer. People such as Philando Castile, Alton Sterling, Sandra Bland, and Eric Gardner. As Rachel's bizarre story catapulted into the headlines, her life fell apart. The documentary follows the aftermath of this very public shit show and the motivations and personal life of Rachel Dolezal. As a disclaimer, when we discuss and critique transracialism and its implications as a social construct, we are exclusively speaking about transracialism and no other trans communities such as transgender or transsexual. We've got a
0: notion of, like, Rachel, Do- Rachel Divide mm-hmm. made me think a lot about trans as a topic
1: okay. and
0: trans as a title mm. and this self-actualizing way of saying like, this is my identity and I'm going to own this. Mm. And whether people give you the name or you come up with a name yourself, we do need to have We need titles. labels and titles. We need, That's it's, like
1: how we operate and function as a society. As I humans. I to put you in a box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely accurate.
0: Yeah. Huh. Did you see, have you been on our website? No, Rachel Dolezal.com I'm, I'm going
1: I actually was so I processed that movie with another um, I don't know if she really wanted to process that with me but she posted on her Instagram story she had posted all this stuff and I just started messaging her from the things you know Yeah, it was kind of an open invite and, yeah. um, I just was like going in on her honestly but in a way that like it's just It's real, real sad to see the way that her inability to own the truth has impacted her sister. That her sister, her sexual molestation case fell apart. Esther is the unsung victim she's, the biggest, she's victim. the biggest victim she's the biggest next victim next to Rachel Dolezal's children right of all of this right i feel and so much and i feel much- like that
0: was under addressed in the movie and i want the documentary and i want to know mm-hmm. what is happening now did we bring the case back like i know they said they wanted things to die down and they would bring the case back but did we bring the case back please because he, he needs to be put to trial. Like, he needs to be judged for that. Are you kidding me? Bring the judge. Bring the jury. Bring everybody. Look at her art. Her art is phenomenal. It is. Her art is amazing. They,
1: they did put some of that in the documentary.
0: I right. loved watching is. her make it. it. Watching her... Create just gave me such a different, deeper perspective of her mm-hmm. as a woman, mm-hmm. as a queen, as a as mother, an as an artist. Yeah. Like, so much of what I feel like I want her to say is coming in the art. Mm-hmm. And I think because she's an artist at heart, like, it's often t- harder for artists to verbally communicate and articulate. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the whole time I just wanted her to have, like, a statement that owns who she is and says, like, this is where I come from, this is what I stand exactly. for. Exactly. And this is what you don't know I, about. I me. do
1: think I think that her inability to acknowledge her race is partnered mm. with a denial of the abuse that she went through, the trauma that she went through as it's a child. So it's like it's and and complete, it's exactly it's the dissociation it's the complete exactly. dissociation
0: from all things my childhood exactly all things my family
1: exactly
0: includes 100% my, includes yeah, being white includes my whiteness mm-hmm. and that is such a deep place of identity very deep very and, it, very and i deep. think that's what makes so many people uncomfortable about her is that it's deeper than they want to go or i've ever mm. gone deep Depth of trauma that, because I mean, even watching Isaiah speak, he doesn't want to talk about it. The depth of trauma, the depth of trauma in Esther's eyes when she's talking about what happened, and the lack of accountability and Mm -hmm. ownership Mm -hmm. of her parents for what they did, let alone what that boy did.
1: Adopting African kids because it's easier, it's cheaper. And you're saving them from
0: abortion. Oof. And you you what life are you giving them? Right. What life are you giving them if given the choice, would Isaiah and Esther and what was the other one? Ezra, would they have said that abortion would have been better? Would they feel that? Ugh. Would they think that? Because you put torture. You tortured those children. You, did. you torture those children, whipping them, giving them scars and bruises inside and outside Ugh. that they have to carry for their entire life. And her activism has been completely washed away
1: it has been the
0: work that she has done the accomplishments that she's made the studying the teaching mm-hmm. the professing is it just it's all just gone it all just is completely and forever connected with these scandals and this lies. this, this lies and these stories fraud right now what of uh, now now my only question for miss rachel is What of this have you actively and knowingly lied about? And what have you just kind of withheld from discussing? I mean, but (laughs) the (laughs) picture is so much clearer, truthfully. Like, having only known about her from what the media says, I'm really glad that, that this documentary exists. Me too.
1: Me too. And it actually, I almost... I almost wanted to write her a letter. I wanted to call her on the phone. Like, I wanted... I wish
0: that I could, like, just be like, girl, can we have some tea and, like, kiki? Like, I really want to (laughs) talk to you. I really want to talk to you. Like, yeah. you need a friend up in Spokane, Washington. Yes. But you can't leave because your baby daddy on that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Like, oh. Yes. I wish it, I we could, we could just like have a play date with our kids and like...
1: Yeah, because the thing is, for me, like, there's a lot of her history that I can identify with. Yeah. And, um, even up to being a white mom adopting a black boy right Right. like there's many layers on which the i can identify and what does that with mean? rachel dolezal
0: how many years did she raise isaiah as her son mm-hmm. as opposed to the number of years she lived with him as her brother her mm-hmm. adopted brother mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's so interesting to think about mothering as a concept through that lens right and like the deep, unconditional love that mothers have for mm-hmm. their children.
1: Well, and she says that, like, you know, it kind no of matter was like where to they make, came from. Like, she <laughs> kind of started adopting like this blackness as a way of like making them feel more comfortable and accepted and stuff like that after mm-hmm. she'd adopted Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting and in the difference that I would say is that having an adopted black son as a white woman mm-hmm. has amplified like on every level, my awareness of my whiteness. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it, it just makes me so much more aware of my whiteness of mm-hmm. my white privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a hard time seeing how like being like basically it's
0: like she says she's black by association. Right. She's you know? not a cultural appropriator, she's a cultural appreciator. Right. She's in it. She's like, I'm no, my I identity. identify this way. Mm-hmm. I am I this is what feels like home to my soul. Well, and
1: let's like not forget the fact that even
0: just the white
1: identity is traumatic.
0: Yeah. Everything associated with her whiteness is
1: difficult. But not just her, I'm saying in general, even people who don't come from abusive white families Mm. struggle with identifying as white. I mean, Mm. you will see it time and time and again in diversity studies Mm. and all these kumbaya, let's sit together and talk about race type things that we do here in the Bay Area. Mm. I took a communications class where we watched a bunch of videos of work that they're doing in Berkeley, excuse me, around race and and, and trying to um, address racism. And one of, like, the themes that, like, emerges is how whites don't identify as white. Hmm. Whites will identify with this, I'm Italian-American, or I'm, you know, mm. Jewish, or I'm this, or I'm that. But they don't identify as white. We don't identify as white. But other
0: people identify you as, as white. white.
1: And it's another and way that a connotation makes... that
0: comes along with that.
1: Right. Well, it's interesting because in, first of all, it makes white privilege, like it helps blind white people to white privilege mm-hmm. because if you don't identify with white, how can you benefit from white privilege? Right. 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 And then the other aspect to it, though, is like... Well, with, from, your from your own perspective. From your own perspective. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But not, but, like, without a doubt, like, it's societally, yeah. externally, it's happening. Right. It's happening. But I'm talking about people's
0: awareness and their consciousness. Right. And their and ability that, that to... is what allows people to say that I, oh, I didn't have any privileges. I grew up, I grew up poor in America. I'm, right. I didn't have any privileges as a right. white person. And
1: class is important, yeah. but I'm, race... Is, I'm Irish, I'm that. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm Irish, you yeah. know? And it's like, yeah. and I do identify with being Irish-American, but I also identify with whiteness. Right. And I think that it's important. I think it's a responsibility, but it's not something that's easy. Right. You know, because there's all this, like, you know... If you're white, then what does that mean? That means that you're racist, you're Mm. responsible for slavery, Mm. you're responsible for the atrocities that are happening today Mm. in the name of whiteness and white supremacy. Mm. I mean, the thing is, there's very few moderate voices when it comes to who's controlling the narrative of white identity. The Mm. only people that are really policing white identity are
0: white supremacists. Mm. You know, because everyone else is taking a different voice, exactly, or a different stance about exactly, and choosing not to have a white identity, right? Instead, there and have, the only reason that we can
1: choose to not have a white identity <laughs> yeah. is because of white privilege, mm. right? Like it's impossible yeah, for I you to choose can't to can't not, not be black. black. Yeah. I
0: can't not be black, right? That and yet you know what honestly, what I felt like, uh, Lonnie Love was trying to say to Rachel when she went on the, the real. Oh yeah, I thought that. I mean. I thought also it was a little edited. I need to watch the entire interview because mm-hmm. I didn't see the entire, like, all the questions that were asked and the entire exchange. Right. But I thought that that's kind of what Lonnie was trying to say. Is like, I can't just, like, I get pulled over <laughs> by the police. I'm going to have, um, I could have a much very different experience. A right. Much...
1: <sighs> Based on your complexion. Based on the fact that Based on the fact that you're I right can't
0: black. choose to not be black. Exactly. Whereas she can choose to be black. Right. And that's where the divide lies because that's a privilege mm-hmm. to even be able to do that. Exactly. And I wish that she would own that, even say that and be like, but I choose to use my powers for good. But <laughs> <Girl, laughs> I choose to, think I choose about, to stand think about, and fight. Think about, and... think about what Rachel Dolezal
1: mm-hmm. could have done for Esther's case yes. if Rachel turned around
0: from the accusations and said yes. Yes.
1: I've been a fraud. Yeah. I'm
0: white. Yeah. That's my family. Yeah. I dissociate from my whiteness so heavily. Right. Because. And then fill in the blank and say mm-hmm. why and own it and be who you are. I don't think Esther's case would have been put on hold
1: no. if, if she was able to do that. If
0: she could have stood up and said mm-hmm. that while her parents went on a media tour right. to discredit her right. and throw the entire case out. Right. And that was by design. Yep. Absolutely. At the, at the, at the, uh, advice of counsel, I would imagine. Oh, for sure. I would imagine. For sure. Because while they seem completely diabolical and depraved, they don't seem as legally savvy. (laughs) So I, you know what I mean? Just putting it out there, I've watched enough scandal to know that that seems like something a lawyer would tell you to do, (laughs) or a fixer. Get on the media, like, they been on no media, yeah. they, you know. What I mean, up to that point, they hired a private us, investigator they a private to out her, her right? instead of them being the ones. But they sure did go around exactly. supporting the claims and saying yep. this is what's happening. She's all well. Been a and liar. How, did,
1: how how is it put, like? I mean, it's just way too convenient. You hired a private investigator who then,
0: like, um... Just so happens to tip off the local news. Right! Just so happens. Right. At The, the day before the trial. <laughs> right. The day before. Right. Come on. What what was her name? Lori, Lori Lisa. What was her name? What was the mom and dad's name? I don't even remember. I don't...
1: You're way better with names. I'm going to say, by the way, I Dave, noticed Dave, that you're really good with names. Oh, yeah, thanks.
0: Yeah, I noticed that I earlier love, when we were talking. I love names. I've always loved names. Mm-hmm. I love my own names. I love when people hear it for the first time. Like, That's beautiful. And I'm like, it is. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> it's really interesting the way that, like, you're right, that the way that the Rachel Divide documentary really brought a lot of those issues to the forefront, I right. think, even for her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even as much as, like... Because I think when it came to, like, being outed online and stuff like that and in the media and mm-hmm. blah, blah, like, she just... I think that she was fine holding her
0: line in Mm -hmm. her delusion. Right, by herself. Right. When nobody knew. Exactly. And now the whole world knows. Yep. And that changes everything. (laughs) That changes everything. And your hustle got kicked into hyperdrive. She's Mm -hmm. writing a book. She's making all this art. She's taking orders online for custom pieces.
1: But can we just for a second address the ethical mm. aspect of this and mm. her ability to I mean, yes, she's struggling, mm-hmm. right? But still she has turned this into
0: yeah. a she has capitalized. Of fame. She has, she has capitalized, capitalized on it. And staying relevant to social media is a very key strategy in that mm. in that. Design right, like mm-hmm. I started following her on Instagram. You did, yeah. Her Instagram is popping. Really, yeah. What kind of stuff she posts? She posts stuff about her life. She posts stuff about her child. Franklin just won a race. Like he's a track star at high school. Wow. Like see, I knew it's, uh, that's what I mean about you and names, girl. Franklin. <laughs> oh yeah, that's her baby, Franklin and Isaiah. Yep. And I forgot the baby baby's name, but he's like two now. Wow. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But, I mean, I don't know. Um, she changed her name, though, at the end. What did she change her Girl, name? You, she, you went Wait she went my deep. White a She went deep. My name is Black. Wait. My name is, <laughs> my name is Black, but it ain't as black as Rachel Dolezal's current name. <laughs> what is Rachel? Let's let's look up what did she change to. Cause she changed to, like, Asada or... In, in, in Yaki? In, uh, in, uh, oh, like, see, I'm good with names, but I, I lost that one. They said it a couple times, and I lost it. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah, changed her name to... In- in- catchy Amadi Diallo.
1: And I said, did she really do Amadou Diallo like that? Did she really appropriate mm. Amadou Diallo's mm. last, last Diallo. name? Diallo. Right? Diallo. That's a very... Is that
0: your daddy's name? Ballsy. Or or black daddy? Was that your black daddy's name?
1: (laughs) Girl, I don't know whose name it was besides Amadou Diallo, but it's a very ballsy move for her to do, honestly, Mm. when it comes to, again, cultural Mm -hmm. appropriation Mm. and claiming other people's struggles. I think like I don't know that she could have gone more offensive. Honestly,
0: a question that came up for me immediately. Do you find it offensive? I don't know who that is.
1: Amadou Diallo is um a a young uh, black man Mm -hmm. who was. It's it's one of the Black Lives Matter like predecessors from New York in the nineteen (laughs) nineties. He was on the stoop of his front porch Mm. when the police approached him Mm. asked him to show ID he reached for his wallet Mm. inside his pocket Mm -hmm. and was shot 22 times let's actually look up that actually because I want to make sure I'm not Miss Amadou
0: and what is Amare and what does Mkechi mean as I feel like there might be meaning to that, but, like, what is what is the significance for her of that? And how difficult was the struggle of choosing the race box at the hospital when the baby was born? Ooh! And she, you see, that struggle was deep. That was She very was like, I gotta write what's true for me. Oh, because that's what makes it true. It makes it true for my child. If it's true for me, it makes it true for my child in the state of Washington in the state of Washington. What the mother is is what the child is. And so what I say I am is black and white.
1: And the thing is, knowing that she's an activist, it actually, to me, feels very aggressive. Mm -hmm. She knows the history of Amadou Diallo 100%. -hmm. So for her to take on his name... Does
0: she have a personal relationship with this person? He died before she was... Facts of the shooting of
1: Amadou Diallo occurred February 4th, 1999 when Mm. Amadou Diallo, a 23-year-old immigrant from Guinea, Mm. was shot and killed by... Four, mm. New York City's police department plain clothed officers plain clothed. you asked
0: me for my ID and you after they
1: mistook him for a rape suspect
0: from one
1: year earlier a and excuse year? me it was not 22 the officers fire, fired a, combi- a combination of 41 <gasps> shots 19 of which struck Di- um, Diallo outside his apartment at 1157 Wheeler Avenue 40? in the Bronx
0: Forty-one? Forty-one bullets. Forty-one? You act. I'm producing the documentation that you asked for, and you took my entire life and rocked my whole family. For nothing. For nothing. And then, you know what? So then what is happening in the subconscious and the conscious when Mm -hmm. you choose to legally change your name to that man's name. That's what I'm saying though.
1: Knowing the context of who this person is, I feel it's honestly
0: offensive that she changed that she assumed his name. I want to know from her why. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to know from her why. Fair and enough. and 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 that's mostly how I'm looking at the more information and insight things. I get the more, more insight and information that I get about her, I'm like Feeling so much more curious about it, like it just leads me to want to ask why five more times, five more, like more, and then more, five more times after that.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: why? And why do you feel like that? And why do you feel like that? And what are you doing? am yeah, about to apply the five whys to this? Yes, I'm an A3. <laughs> D- Rachel Dolezal. out. I'm about to do a Rachel Dolezal out, A3. I'm about to humbly inquiry her. And I'm about to five why her ass till yes. I get to my problem statement. Because what are you doing? What are you doing? Richie? What are you Nkechi? doing? What And catchy, I'm sorry. And catchy. And catchy. And catchy. And
1: catchy. And
0: catchy. Amare Diallo Nkechi. is I... an American civil rights activist. Is it a reinvention? Is that what it is? Why didn't you change your name after you escaped the rule of the Dolazals? And why did you give your child the name of Dolazal?
2: Rachel Dolazal is now called Kechi Amare Diallo. So according to this article on the New York Post. Sorry, I was like, Rachel what the heck is this? A white NAACP leader who pretended oh, I, to be black press has reportedly changed her name to a West African moniker meaning gift of God. The thirty-nine year old will now be called Kechi Amare Diallo, according to the Daily Mail. Legal documents obtained by the British outlet show that she legally changed her name in a Washington state court back in October.
0: Short 2017.
2: Keche in Yere originates from the Igbo language of Nigeria and translates to what God has given, or gift of God, the mail reports. Dolazal started a Change.org petition in October requesting that the TEDx organization post a controversial speech that she apparently gave in April 2016 at the University of Idaho. The petition was listed under the name Keshi Diallo, and didn't mention her birth name. While Dolezal
1: only managed to get Before she was outed.
2: ...required signatures. Ted decided to post the video anyway. And they said, refusing to post it would unduly limit an important conversation about identity mm. and the social underpinning of race, and would count be counter to Ted's guiding philosophy of racial openness, the organization said.
1: The way that Rachel Dolezal rejects whiteness and embraces her Blackness is a really interesting, actually, landmark of white supremacy culture. White supremacy culture is very much known for this either or, you can't be yes and. And thinking outside the box and trying to challenge white supremacy culture are ideas such as you can be white and still be pro-Black. And actually owning that counter to white supremacy culture is how we can change the narrative and not perpetuate these stereotypes that white people can't care about black lives, or to be pro-black is anti-white. There's so much more that we could say on this topic, but we're running out of time. If there's anything you'd like to say about this topic, we welcome you to visit our website, www.colormeconscious.com, or follow us on Instagram at Colorme Conscious Podcast.